And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com, presented as always by our partners at the Holy Grail at the Banks. Get down there. You're still going to watch the Super Bowl. You might as well go watch it at the Holy Grail Banks. Dave's not going to watch the Super Bowl. Whatever. <laughs> get down to the Holy Grail Banks and uh, take in the festivities. Get yourself <coughs> some good food and some good drinks. Have a good time. You know, it won't be the same. It won't be as fun as last year. Yeah. We'll go. Okay. Wait, I want to show you my shoes. Kelsey, I am recording. <laughs> Kelsey has impeccable timing. She does, right as soon as the show starts. Congratulations on your new shoes. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Dave, let's get going. Make sure you get down to the Holy Grail and uh, support the folks that support us because it's, it's just the right thing to do. That's right. I won't be there. I won't be watching. You're not going to watch it all. No. Why not? Because, like, I've, at this it's football, point, Dave. I thought you loved football. It's the last football game. I do, but like, I think when you're t- like, when your team is like that close to going, and I still think they're better. I don't really want to watch two teams that I think my team is better than. I mean, come on. I, you have to at least say Kansas City is as good as the Bengals. I don't have to say anything. They played I better. Mean, they played better on last Sunday. I'm not sure. I, I still don't necessarily believe that they are better. I mean, it's two very close teams. I'm 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 rooting uh, enthusiastically for the for, Jason. Eagle, for the Eagles. Kelsey had a revelation last night, Dave. What she finally realized she's not named after Travis? No, she informed me that um she she wants Jason to win because Jason is older and closer to retirement than Travis, and Travis is still gonna win a couple more after oh, Jason retires. Sure, sure. okay. <laughs> I'm glad, glad Kelsey has a good scope of the AFC as it currently sits. <laughs> It's, uh, well, I mean, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, yeah. so that's her view of uh, that's her view of things. Okay, so she, she, I said so. You're. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles won if Jason just retired, kind of like pulled a Whitworth. I, I could see um, that. So, yes, but I will be, uh, yeah, hoping that they that they win. Well, the Chiefs are a rivalry now, right? Because they won. They won. I, I guess. I guess now. Now you can consider it a rivalry. <laughs> We have a lot to get to tonight. Not a lot of time to do it. Rocket Truth coming up at nine, so we will uh, we will get this show cranking. Do you want to start football or do you want to start basketball, Dave? Uh, host choice. Uh let's start basketball. It's the most recent thing. Uh, Bearcats dominate Tulane in a game that I thought probably should have been even worse. I thought there were some stretches where they were a little lethargic early in the game and then middle of the second half. Uh, you saw uh, Tulsa. Did I call him Tulane? I think I called him Tulane. One one last time for the road. Uh, you saw Tulsa make a little bit of a mini run at him and got it down to, I think, 14 or whatever. But uh, overall impressions from the Bearcats last night, Mr. Simone. Well, I need to start here in that if you'd have said to me uh, – the Bengals will go to the Super Bowl and they will win 50 to nothing. 
All you have to do is name one player for Tulsa or their coach. I would have said, well, I guess the Bengals aren't going to the Super Bowl. Same. And this is not Same. this is not me being like not as into like college basketball as maybe I have been in years past. Like I can re I can kind of spit out at least one guy on right. pretty much every team we play. You could have given me a million chances. You could have given me multiple choice. I I could not tell you one thing about that team. A single thing about a single player. I have no. I had no idea who their coach was. <laughs> I mean, it's the most Same. one of the most nondescript basketball teams I've ever seen in my life. They were bad. Like, well, they're really, one in really one bad. in nine in the conference, which yeah. isn't a I great mean, they conference. Are. So they have to be pretty bad. Somebody tweeted at me last night. Number zero for them was the worst, like high major college basketball player they've ever seen in their life. I was like. Maybe not wrong, but e. I mean, <laughs> they were. Are you, are you familiar with Hurricane Ron? I think I might have. At least Hurricane Ron looked the part. <laughs> he looked like. I still contend Ron Allen should have been in every basketball movie that's ever been made. Oh like, yeah. There's, nobody looks like a basketball player more than Ron Allen. He's doing his thing though. He's a high school coach out in Los Angeles. Coaches a pretty good program. So he's he's made something of it at least, but uh, yeah. Um, Landers Nolly very good again, thirteen and thirteen, pretty balanced attack. Jeremiah Davenport with twenty, Vic really good again. David Julius really good again. Um, I know you have to keep the opponent in mind, but there can be lulls after a game like, uh, like. Houston, right? Like you shot your shot. You you did everything you could to beat that team. You just caught Houston on a good day and you couldn't hold them off at the end. Right. Um and then you you come out, you know, I thought they did come out a little bit flat, but then once they turned it on, that run to end the first half was yeah. was as good as they played, you know, for a stretch all season. So I mean, I, it's it's I'm being pulled by like two sides of things like I'm encouraged but at the same time I'm like I need I just need to see it against someone that that is worth a damn like, like they played well against teams that are worth I, a damn I, they I need just a haven't win. been able to get over the hump I know I need it I need a I get, w. It. I get it I mean we're basically like what one in four the Illinois win last year is basically the win against a team that we would look at when the game is starting is like these guys are better than us yeah, I think they're one and eleven in quad one games. So, like, these in these next two, like these next two games, if you are growing and building and advancing and whatever, you know, you got to win these next two. You got, I know, you got to go to Tulane and get the win. Or I'm gonna, or and I'm not trying to be negative, but I think like a lot of fans are probably thinking the same thing I am, like. I want to be like, yes, this is like legitimate progress. This is legitimate growth. Legitimate growth and progress means you go beat a team on the road that's similar to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i a little bit more micro than than a fan just from being around it and, and knowing like how bad they were defensively to start the season and how much that's improved. 
how terrible their rebounding was to start the season, how much that's improved, how much individual guys have made a jump. Uh, Landers is significantly better than when he got here. Vic has taken an incredible leap. Dave has shown a lot more versatility to his game where, you know, he's being able to impact the game, even if he's not scoring at a high clip. Micah has, has made a jump. Like I, I look at little things like that, but I get it. Like I get tangible evidence. I don't disagree with anything you said, but at some point it has to come together in wins against teams that don't suck. Or I'm not sure what all that means. I mean, that's fair. I don't necessarily agree with it being that cut and dry, but from a fan investment standpoint, like I, I, I totally get where you're coming from in that if I'm going to invest my time, don't just beat up on the, the teams that stink and play close, but lose. Like all those things you said pulse. are 100% factual and 100% important. But if they don't, coalesce and come together and result in wins against top we'll just call it top six teams in the conference because it's like houston and then a muddled middle and then a bunch of garbage yeah if it doesn't result in wins against those teams i'm kind of left being like well then have they really done all those things or is it are they only doing those things against teams that they're just frankly way better than yeah, but you know how like the the metrics are adjusted. For, of course they for the are. Opponent, but you need, I'm just saying, got to just start stacking some wins against that middle, that similar tier. Here's where I think the Houston game is important. We talked about after the Memphis game, and we talked about it a lot on this network and over a bunch of different you know places. I didn't think they played that Memphis game like they felt they were the better team or that they felt they had a chance to win. Like I, I thought they were just kind of there, right? You know what I mean? I, I didn't I didn't feel like they went into that game like we're at home, we're the better team, we're gonna win. I didn't I didn't get that sense from them. Right. And um I wanna see that. And we saw it against Houston. Now, you have to take it and say, look, we proved we can play toe-to-toe with Houston when Houston was playing well. Um, and and I and like I if you watch that game, Houston had to do everything in their power to win that game, right? Like if I, I Houston Temple, I didn't think Houston played well in the loss to Temple. That's probably why they lost. Like right. they didn't, they didn't have the same fight that they had against Cincinnati in that in the in the Cincinnati game. Cincinnati had a, a great run to to go up thirteen, but for the rest of the game, Houston and Cincinnati stood in the ring and traded punches. Five point run here, Cincinnati pushes it back out. You know, a couple baskets for Houston here, Cincinnati pushes it back out, um, and eventually Houston had the final run that that put them over the top, but. It, that was a game I thought Houston played really well and Cincinnati stood toe-to-toe. So now you're right. You do have to take that into UCF at home Saturday. Like, should be a good crowd. It's a noon Saturday game. You got to win that game. Like, you, you got to make your claim 
that yeah. you're one of the the top I mean, three or four teams have, in this conference. You have four losses in conference. They're all to the teams, three of the teams that are ahead of you. Right. UCF is tied one spot below you, and then Tulane is the spot above you. And this is a UCF team that that is not playing their best basketball right now. So, you know, we talked whenever it was a week or two ago about this stretch of games and you know, we kind of figured they would lose to Houston. The Memphis game was kind of like that swing game. They lost that one. They've got it. They got to get these next two. You have to be 17 and eight, like going into this like little yeah. final run of, of schedule. And UCF's on a three game losing streak, four game losing streak. Four. The last time they really played well was that that overtime 107-104 double overtime game against Memphis. Then they get they lose by 8 at Tulane. They lose by 7 at South Florida. Houston no, beats them by 11 or 12. They lost by 13 at South. Or 13, Florida. sorry. I did math the wrong way. Sorry. Uh they lose by 13 to UCF or to South Florida. Houston handles them pretty easily. And then at home, they lost Saturday to Temple. So they get a week off, UCF does. You would think they're going to be pretty hungry to get a win. But Cincinnati's got to come into this game and say, look, we're better than you. You're on our home court. Like, we're going to win this game. Like, we're not we're not coming out and, and screwing around for 30 minutes and then going to try to catch yeah. up at the end. I mean, right? you're starting to kind of like – shake things down as to and we can laugh about it all we want but like top four seeds get a bye yeah like you want to try to make the tournament like play one less game yeah you know, these are the games you know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of chatter if they if they win out can they make the tournament i i don't think so no they don't have any wins of note right like that's the problem with being in this conference when you compare it to the power conferences is the teams with the same record, they've also played like 15 quad one, quad two games. Right. And just by happenstance, they're going to have a handful of wins against quality teams. So you yeah. might be 20 and 10 or 19 and 11, but three or four of your wins are quad one. So they're, they have no shot at getting anything close to that. So no, they absolutely have to, would have to win the conference tournament to make it. And like you said, the best way to do that get the two, play, three, four seed. Play the fewest amount of games possible. Yeah, and and take your swing and hope maybe Houston gets upset on the other side, or or you play them in the in the semifinals, and you've proven that you can play with them, and they're looking ahead to the tournament, and you get the job done. You know, whatever the case may be. Because you have three games against teams still ahead of you in the standings. Right. right. So you can make your own hay by winning those games. Now, two of those are on the road. And we'll, we still, you know, need to see how that element goes. I mean, the you, you said, the, I mean, the pieces are playing better. There is no denying that the pieces are playing better. But... I'm looking at it from like a big pit, just a total big picture season no, standpoint of that has to eventually 
equal wins Win. against better competition or yeah. I'm not, what do you say at the end of the year? Like, oh yeah, these guys all individually play better than I'm going to go. Yeah, but it didn't result in anything of, of note of substance. I said this with Mo today though. And I, and I do think it's true. I don't count last year as year one of the West Miller era. It, it was last minute. There was a, there was a culture that was fractured like, it, this is the question I asked Mo. Did you see last year at any point in time Wes Miller coaching guys like he's coaching guys this year? No, I don't. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to call I won't call it like a year zero, but it was, it definitely was not anywhere near what it is now. But the talent level has definitely increased. And, the, the guys coming from last year to this year, their play has definitely increased. And so I want to give, I want to give them everybody involved credit for that. You know, so I, I'm, I'm not trying to be any certain way no, or I be ne- negative or anything, but I, like, I, I understand your point completely and where it's coming from. Like completely. we know this league stinks. You got to beat the teams that are even halfway decent, or I'm just not sure. You know, and it has nothing to do with building to next year. Like, I'm looking strictly at this season. Like, yeah. what did we talk about a successful season? Like, we probably, you and I probably talked about like NIT and just having games in February matter for some sort of postseason life. Yeah. And we're, we're kind of there, but I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm greedy. Like, I want to see that next step. I want to see. The good things that we've seen come together in a game like at Tulane, and you play well, and you beat a pretty good team, right, on the road. Because if your if your record ends up being a whole bunch of South Florida and East Carolina and Tulsa, Wichita State, I'm just going to be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, doesn't mean that I'm not going to be bullish for next year, but. I'm going to be like the 2022-2023 season was just kind of, you know, be- beating up on the on the dregs and we didn't really, you know, punch above our weight at any point. So they're, they're six and four in conference. I mean, the eight conference games left. And really, only three of those are against teams that stink. You're home against South Florida, you're at East Carolina, and you've got SMU at home to close out the season. Right. Yeah, I think you have to get to you have to get to 10 wins in the conference. I would prefer 11 or 12, but you have to get to 10 wins. You win those three games. That means you only win one of the other ones, which wouldn't that wouldn't fly. No. Um I mean, I think like to me personally, this might be. I think you got to win. You, you split at Tulane at Memphis. You got to win all the rest. I mean, you got to go seven and one in these last eight. Temple worries me still. Or is this like, seven, seven or, or they have eight games left? They're eight. six and four. Six and four in conference. I mean, like, that seems like such a for me to say that. Like, are they really going to get to thirteen? But like, like which one of these other ones are they dropping? And you're like. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Temple is a Temple has been a tough matchup for them at Memphis. Like you didn't beat them here, and let's be honest with each other, 
they were up like eight or nine pretty much the entire game. Yeah. So I don't know how you feel confident saying they're going into Memphis. And no, I just, you know, my hope would be a split of one of those two road games. Okay. So, so three road games. Well, Memphis, Tulane, those two. Okay. So you think they, they beat UCF at home and at UCF? I mean, that to me is what they would need to do. I'm not saying they will. <laughs> I'm not taking any road game as like an automatic win. Right. I know what you're saying. I just don't think they, they don't, they just don't play consistent enough for long enough stretches to where I can just like rubber stamp a road, a road win, no matter who it's against. Yeah, I mean that 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 was the other thing that was really good to see about the Houston game was that they went on the road and they played really well, consistently, like throughout that game. Even though shots didn't fall at the end, I didn't, I didn't think they played poorly down the stretch against Houston. They just didn't make shot. They didn't make good shots. Still tough to. It's tough to lose by seven when you're up eleven with eleven minutes to go. Sure, look. But sometimes you have to tip your cap and say, guess what? The other team was just better over that stretch. Sure. That's I agree, but that's like a I'm not I'm not saying they played great. I'm saying they ran good offense, they got shots they wanted, they missed the shots, which is required to win. But I didn't feel like that's why we, we had this conversation the other night about whether they choked or not in that Houston game. And I think to choke, it requires you like screwing up. I guess that's what it, what it, what I my thought process on this is. And I didn't think they screwed up in in letting Houston go on that run. I think Houston just had some dudes that made great plays. And Cincinnati didn't make enough plays. Right. So I don't think that's a choke. I don't think that's No, I'm not I and I didn't see I know. I was... I'm just I'm just that what I'm saying now came from that conversation, like my thought process on mm-hmm. They didn't do enough to get the job done, clearly. And and Houston played better over the final 10 minutes without question. But I didn't feel like Cincinnati played bad. I didn't walk away from it thinking they had the game won and they just pissed down their leg. Yeah. You know, like the moment was too big for them. They yeah. tied it up at 69 with 40 seconds left in the game. That's nice. Now they didn't finish, but... They fought. Baby steps, Dave. I'm I'm in a <laughs> I'm in a baby steps phase of my life right now. <laughs> I'm seeing the small things uh on the way to recovery, I guess yeah. it, as it were. Um a question for you. Okay. How how much is there any limit on what you would throw at Landers Nolly to come back next year? <laughs> I mean I'm Sure, there is. But you get my point, right? Like, going into the Big 12, like, that's the linchpin. If you have him back, I think you feel at least okay, right? Yeah, because, like, you you know this much better than me, but, like, if he doesn't come back, it's Vic and a bunch of dudes that you have no idea what to expect. Well, you better hit a a three-run home run in the transfer portal if Landers doesn't come back. Yeah, like a guy that averaged like twenty a game this year at a power at five. A power, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it, it, you, might, you might not have to hit a grand slam, but there better there better be two dudes on. 
Um, it's been really impressive watching him grow as a player. Because for the long time, the longest time, he left Virginia Tech. I want to pull this number up. He left Virginia Tech. He was an all-ACC freshman guy. And he left Virginia Tech because he didn't feel like he got enough shots. He averaged at Virginia Tech in his freshman year, he averaged 30 minutes a game, scored 15 points a game. And he didn't feel he, he like he got enough usage offensively. Right. <laughs> then he goes to Memphis, has a really good, like he sits out, he has a really good first year at Memphis. And then his second year, obviously we know how that kind of played out in terms of having Imani Bates and Jalen Duran and that team kind of falling apart at the seams till they got it together at the very end. Um, but he didn't do a whole lot else, right? Like, yeah. Uh, he did, he did that first year at Virginia Tech, and he, shit, this might have been why he left. It's like 5.8 rebounds. He's like, nah, man, I'm here to score. I'm not, I'm not here to rebound. Didn't really rebound much at Memphis. 4.1 was his highest. 1.8 assists, 2.8 assists, 2.4. He's at his career high in assists at 2.7. Career high in steals, about, or career high in blocks, about average in steals. Um, it's a guy that wasn't necessarily like bought in. I guess is a great way to put it. And, and he would probably tell you that. What's up, UCF super fan? Um, he's bought in now. Like, he's having fun and doing – he was cracking me up at the post-game press conference last night. I don't know if you heard it or not. I did not. Talked about uh, his goal was to get 15 rebounds last night, and he felt like a couple guys were trying to uh, steal his rebounds, his teammates – we're trying to steal his rebounds so he couldn't get to that 15 mark. Uh, and they were doing that because he's been calling them all soft uh, <laughs> in the locker room because he's, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and, and getting the most rebounds on the team right now. Like, you know, just seeing his personality come out. He said he, his asthma his asthma might have flared up uh, early in the game because not enough fans showed up. <laughs> and it was a little cold in the arena, so it might have flared up his asthma a little bit. Like his personality's coming out, he's comfortable, and he's playing like a legit high, high major, like number one option. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt in conference plays shooting like 60% from three. No. 50%. It's like 50% from three. On the season, he's 44.6. If he stays on track and like in that vicinity, he's going to be the, have the number two three point percentage in a season in program history behind, I think, field. It's been fun watching him play. For sure. Uh, the other basketball news of the day the Bearcats get a commitment from junior college guard, combo guard, point guard, Davion, Day Day, Thomas. Uh, in thinking about it throughout the day today, it's pretty clear Wes has a type at point guard, right? Yeah, there seems to be a lot of similarities with him and Jizzle. And Isaiah Miller. Isaiah Miller seemed like he was bigger, wasn't he? No, not really. 
Isaiah Miller wasn't he's, a big six one six two, right in the same range no, that I, they both I, are. I always thought he was like six four. No, it's because he was super bouncy and explosive and dunking on people's heads, right? So you're like, oh, he's bigger than he is. But if you watch Jizzle and Davion do those same things, you're like, that dude's not six foot six one, right? Like that's dude, that dude's bouncy. Um, so it's clear he's got a type, and I, I think they definitely want to get into like this, put the ball in the hands of somebody that can explode and get to the rim. Now, Dave has done a good job this year being crafty, getting into the paint and, and dishing out for assists or hitting his floater. I don't think anybody's calling him explosive. Right. He's not a guy that just is, is beating you off the bounce. There's really, in terms of just a guy that has that first step that can just get by people. There's really only one of those on the roster. Dan. Yeah. Like like when Dan puts the ball on the floor, he gets by guys just with ease. <clears throat> Landers has to use the pump fake, use his body, you know, use all of his available tools to get into that position. And you're looking at guys in, in Davion and then I guess I just should call him. We're going all nicknames. Day-Day and Jizzle. Uh, those two guys are guys that, that they can play downhill. They can play off the bounce. They can play off the ball screen. They can play in transition. And both of them really like to sit down and and defend. I disagree that Landers is a minimum effort guy. Just because he makes it look easy doesn't make him minimum effort. His mo- you don't get 13 rebounds in a game, minimum effort. That's, that's not how it works. Now they probably now if your if your argument is they had to bring it out of him to be a high effort guy, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't fight back on that. But the way he's playing right now is pretty high effort. Uh, Landers has one more year of eligibility. Yes, uh, you get five to play six. He has played four in five. So or he's played three in five, three and four. That's what it is. Um. Yeah, I, I just I, he does make it look easy. He's he's a he's a smooth athlete. He loves Dance. The, the one the one dribble one dribble pull up. Loves it, loves it. He loves the pump fake. And his initial dribble isn't even that like aggressive of a dribble. So I'm not sure like where all these where the defenders are going. <laughs> he also likes to shoot it like when they're still very much on him, and he's done on it. Yeah. You know, done very well unlike someone else who likes to shoot it when you know defenders are on them or, or not on them i joked last night that when when jd came in and just chucked the first one i was like i'm back yeah. it's like i didn't even miss a day nothing's changed is it january 3rd <laughs> i was out six weeks and not a damn thing has changed um but a, a very good addition I think Wes was uh, very clear through that first year that he got here going forward, especially through this first class. I'm going to need an upgrade in athleticism at the lead guard position. He went out and got a top 50 level guy, high school guy. And then he went out and got the number, a top five Juco guy. uh, And they both have a lot of the traits that this roster has been missing. Yeah. I mean, Um, mean, off the top of my head, I can think of like Mike Miles at TCU. Harris at Kansas, 
LJ Cryer, those guys at Baylor, like you have to have, and none of those guys are, are big point guards. Right. But they're all super, super athletic, super explosive. Like you have right. to have that. Yeah. So necessary to get those in there. And then, uh, West tonight, not doing the coaches show, which is happening right now. Jamaica off the Florida Keys. <laughs> He's in Indianapolis watching Flory Badunga. And uh, I, I know everybody is getting caught up right now in uh, whether he's going to be 23 or 24. What I and not years old, but what class he's going to be in. He might be twenty. Might be that too. I don't know how many reigns he's seen. Um, but I, I would say don't get caught up in that yet. That is, and mainly because I don't, to my knowledge, it's not something on Flory's side that's even been broached. Like it's not, it's not on the the radar for them at this point. Now after the high school season, I'm sure there will be a you know like sit down and start looking at things and. A lot of this could be impacted, like does the NBA uh, in 2024 go back to the straight out of high school rule? And if they do, wouldn't you maybe want to go get a year playing at a high level, playing in the best conference in America, proving that you're, you know, an NBA lottery pick type guy, and then you go off to the NBA and, and solidify your, your place? Um, yeah. So off to see Flory tonight. Which, uh, it gets so damn good, man. So damn good. I hope, I, hope we can get him. I don't have an answer on Hensley, Greg. I, I don't know. <laughs> Too early for all that stuff. Yeah. Ha Dave, have you seen the insanity that is Big 12 Twitter? It's been yes, awesome. It's Puts amazing. AAC Twitter fans to shame. It's amazing. I kind of feel bad that I haven't been like dip my toes in the water. It literally, and I don't know why it took the schedule being released for this to kind of like totally come together, but uh, it took like 48 hours for everybody in the Big 12 to realize how big of a bag of dicks UCF fans are. <laughs> and I'm, I'm over here like kind of in the peanut gallery being like, yeah, we know. So it, it all started basically with the, the Cyclone Greg or whatever his name is. Larry. Cyclone Larry, Larry. Cyclone Larry. I need to make friends with that guy. I think we'd like him. Cyclone Larry was basically like, so so the, the Big 12, like the, the remaining schools from the Big 12 have decided that BYU and Cincinnati are cool and that UCF and Houston suck. Yeah, basically. And the UCF fans got all in their fields. All in their fields. And they've been clowned and laughed at the entire time. The the Viva La Cats Family Guy video is one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. I have to give yeah. them a mad a ton of tons of props for that. And I'm I'm not even like I don't know anything about Family Guy, but I mean, the bit for UCF was just, it could not have been more perfect. <laughs> Peter Griffith and the family working at a hotel, yeah. front desk at a hotel. Yeah. It was Chris the Bellboy. It's Peter Griffin and Ravon Griffith. That's where you're getting things crossed. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, 
it's great to have like more like another I mean obviously there's more than one but it was like UC and UCF and go constantly going back and forth and now it's cool like other people can like jump in now and we can just kind right. of sit back and be like all right we'll take a break for a while cuz we've been fighting this stupid battle for how many years let's let some new blood duke it out with these bozos thank you hunter major props 20 bucks because we make being a bearcat fan amazing love and respect for everything we do good job dave hey you know i'm here for the people <laughs> uh <laughs> Texas Tech and Cincinnati vying to start a Tupperware bowl. Loser gets the trophy every year. It's just a a, a Rubbermaid stuck to a like a trophy base. Well, did you see that you, the UCF account tweeted out a corn flicked yeah bowl? Yeah, which is which is actually kind of funny, but because they have, they didn't care at all about that stupid trophy. I I can't pretend that they did. Um, no, that was a UConn thing. Yeah, but. Yeah. I just love how much the entire Big 12 is dunking on UCF for their yeah, national their national championship. Right. Everyone does that. It's just Which, now they're, they're in a conference that can dunk on them regularly. Yeah, the, no well, one else has right. ever had a, had a reason to care. So now at least a few other teams have a reason to care, to make fun of them. It is nice having somebody else that has to deal with them. You're right on that, Dave. Yeah. It's generally just been us. And I think that might be why I've sat out of this one. Yeah, I just like retweeted stuff and laughed. Yeah, I haven't even done that. Like I haven't even dabbed my t- I haven't even thrown the the BCJ bomb, like thrown me in there and started talking shit. I I have P5 dunking, that's right. And I have just sat back and watched the show. But I feel like, you know. If this is happening, I need to get my name out in the mix so that the Big 12 folks know that, like, you know, some big I'm, a, I'm a person, player. Like, some big, I saw it got retweeted and everybody were like, you know, give me all the people that we need to follow of the new schools. And I replied, I was just like, me. From the Bearcat Journal account or from yeah. the Dave Simone account? No, from the Bearcat Journal account. Me. I don't, I don't tweet anything you see from my personal account. I have a, <laughs> I have my own. Occasionally. Very, you do when very... it's something when it's something you can't say on the BCJ account. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Oh, now, if you it. if you want all my, my great free agent and draft takes, you know where to find me. Yeah. So yeah, that has been fun to watch and kind of be on the sidelines. Um what child? What's your mom do? Mamma won't stop talking. She said, "Help me." She won't stop talking. She's got to tell Mamma that I'm going to bed. <laughs> my my wife's my mother-in-law is a like Kelly will sit the phone down, Dave, and just, just walk away. Let her keep talking because she yeah, doesn't realize no one's listening. She'll walk around the house, like do stuff in the kitchen, come back twelve minutes later, and her mom is still still going. It's hilarious, actually. Um, any news on Gonzaga yet? No. Uh, yeah, there, Hunter, there's, some, there's some meetings going on right now, I think. Yeah, they're meeting with both the Pac-12 and the Big 12, right? Is that the report I saw? 
Uh, well, no, I'm saying the Big 12 ADs are meeting in Texas this week. Yeah, but I also there was also a report that Gonzaga is meeting with the Big 12 and the Pac-12, like oh, in in relatively short order. Um, Hunter's in the minority that believes Hensley could be a major contributor with the right offseason. I don't disagree. I mean, you got to think he he didn't have the value of an off the regular offseason like everybody had because he broke his hand and then played for another four weeks on a broken hand and then missed a large majority of the offseason. Um, would it be possible for Dan Simon to expand on these recent Fluger podcasts about Big 12 being ready to pounce? I mean, I, I don't know if Dan can. I, I can. Dave can. Um, we haven't I heard think from Dan in a while. Is he all right? No, I think – no, he's okay. He's It's cold. He's playing golf somewhere. Okay. Uh, I think it's pretty simple. It's the longer that this Big 12 or the Pac-12 media deal does not get signed, the more likely it is that someone is going to get nervous and be like, screw it. Yeah. I'm not letting my, you know, we're going to go to something that is, is stable and we know what, what's there. Right. Like we've been told for how long that this thing is about to get done or that the goal of it is like, you know, it's February 2nd. I mean, every day that goes by, I can't imagine that all of a sudden the deal is going to get good. Right. So I think that's what it is, is that the Big 12 is prepared to and is probably having conversations or is, you know, teams, schools, whatever, reaching out, saying, like, you know, give us more, possibly give us more info. Um, so I just think the longer it goes without a, a deal, you know, anybody would be like that. In, in your life or, you know, however you want to equate that, you know, if you're not like, if you're, if you went on some dates with the, with the lady or a guy and they didn't call you back for a certain number of days, eventually you're going to be like, well, time to move on. Right. <laughs> so I know that's not the greatest analogy, but like, that's, that's what it means. Right. Um, who are they coming with? <laughs> Gonzaga. I don't know. I'm not sure. Do you just take them and not worry about it? I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, we talked about this a long time ago. I'm, I'm pretty indifferent on the whole Gonzaga thing. Like I'm, I would be fine with it, but I wouldn't be like sending out fire emoji tweets like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened um i mean i know why they're doing it and i know why it makes sense for them to join the big 12 i'm not i just like does the like and i i say this as a, as a fan of a school that is not even technically in the big 12 yet like does it really make that big of a difference for the big 12 basketball if they add them Like at a certain point, how much better than everybody else matters? Like they're already substantially like, I mean, I guess better it, than everybody else. I guess else. it matters in the sense of like your base, like 
they're probably getting a tournament share every year. Yeah. And so probably a deep one. I mean, right. It's not like they've been getting bounced early. Recently. No, because like they could they recruited a high level. Yeah. They um they would obviously take on more losses playing a conference a Big 12 conference schedule. But then they're in the tournament playing a bunch of teams that they don't play that they're better than. Right. I just like I don't know. I'm I'm not saying that I don't want it to happen, and I'm not saying that I think like it's it would be the greatest thing ever if it happened. I feel you. I mean, uh, you see, standpoint like I don't really want him to join. Like I don't I don't really <laughs> doesn't need to be harder than it's already going to be. It's already going to be impossible, right? I mean, it's like it'd be like joining the old Big East when they first joined, and then being like, and we're going to add North Carolina and Duke. Well, no, just just one. <laughs> kind of. Like, so, um, no, I mean, I, it would, it would, it would make ripples, you know, waves, whatever you want to say. Like, it would be a big deal. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, they want to, they're scared of getting, of any tournament expansion happening and automatic bids being taken away from smaller conferences and the dollars and cents of it all. So, I'm kind of whatever. Yeah. Let's get to football. All right. You want to you want to start schedule or you want to start Senior Bowl? What you're what you're seeing and hearing? From well, I, I will say uh, in 11 minutes, the East West Shrine Game is on NFL Network with Lenny Taylor, Charles McClellan, and Arquan Bush. If you'd like to tune into that, um, I have seen some things on Lenny. I have not really seen much on the other two. Seems like he's had a good, good week uh, in Vegas for that. So that's that's encouraging. Um, Senior Bowl, nice to see Josh up to two sixty. That's uh, that's a, I think that's a good weight for him as long as he can carry it. Yeah, I mean you're good. they're going to ask you to block in the NFL if you play tight end. You're not you're not going to be a pass catcher. Yeah, he's not just going to split out wide the whole time. So yeah, um, Trey has been real good. He had a, a shitty ass drop today on a route that was fantastic, brilliant, and then, stop and go route. And then Malik Cunningham put it right on him for an easy touchdown and dropped it. But um, he's been good. I mean his his speed and quickness has has shown off. Um, Ivan Pace is you know doing what Ivan Pace does. Um, He's unblockable downhill. Well, I mean those those drills are kind of set up for. I mean, yeah, but like he, you're giving the, most of you're them. Given the the linebacker a two way go against a running back with like no, you know. But there was like five times they didn't even put a hand. Oh, up. I'm not. I'm not discred. I'm not discrediting anything he did. I mean, yes, there were like five times they didn't even, hardly even touch the guy. Uh, it's so I'm still a two way go. Like you should still be able to right make react. him at least make him go one way. I mean, right. if you get beat, just ride him out. You know that right. direction. Um, but no, it'll be interesting to see how he does in the game itself. Um, that game Saturday. Yeah, there's. I mean, we've talked at length about the um you know the limitations that he has and you know but there's certain elements of his game that there's not many guys in 
the league that are in college football that can do. So, I mean, I think he's a draftable player. It's just, you know, do teams want to take a 5'10 linebacker with 30-inch arms? That's a pat, like essentially kind of a pass rush specialist. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's not, ta- I mean, he's not your Mike. He's not taking on guards. Right. You know, so, you know, how does that work in whatever in, in NFL schemes? Yeah. Schedule release. I think. It's about as good as you could have ever asked for if you're Cincinnati, right? Yes. I mean, from a, just from like a competitive standpoint, not necessarily like from a fan who you want to see standpoint, like if we're just talking winning games year one, I'm not sure. You know, obviously you could just say like, oh, give us all of the bad, the supposed bad teams. But like, it's about as a about as good of a complete schedule as you could ask for. Right. The home games are winnable. And the road games don't, like, it's not daunting. And then, it, like, ultimately, here's here's the reality, right? There's 13 options. They don't play the teams that finished in the top four. No. And there's no, we know that that doesn't necessarily mean this. I mean, TCU lost a bunch of guys. They brought in a bunch of high, you know, high quality transfers. Well, the only thing you have to say is Baylor and Oklahoma State were great last year. The year before last, yeah. And they they did not have have very good 2022s. Right. Um, So, yeah. But I mean, you're getting Houston. Oklahoma State, BYU, and West Virginia on the road. Those aren't games you mark down as wins. But if I had to, like, if you told me pick the four teams you want to play on the road, those probably, I mean, maybe you switch a Kansas in there, although, like, no, I mean, I think healthy. Bill, Bill Conley from ESPN, I saw he put out a tweet. Talking about like he calls them like in the preseason they're like toss up games I think it's with what he calls like within seven points either way, yeah. And he said that UC could have nine of those, right? Like when he gets down to the to the end of going through everybody's returning production and everything that goes into whatever equation he kind of uses to come up with that. So yeah, I mean, if you're telling me. Year one, new conference, new coaching staff, revamped roster, that nine of our 12 games are going to be toss-ups. I'll take that. Right. Stepping up a level. Right. That's what I mean. Like, new conference. But, yes, like you said, like, not just going to the Sun Belt or something. Like That's also including EKU and Miami as not toss-ups. Right. So really, it's nine out of ten toss-ups. Yes. Who do you think's the blowout that he predicts? Uh, based on, 
I would guess Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if they can bounce back. They were not good last year. They got a lot of good players still. They still have a lot of good players, of course. It's Oklahoma. Like they've recruited as the top team in the Big Twelve for yeah. a decade, basically. I mean, and I'm not. It's not even necessarily blowout. I mean, eight point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be more, but I mean, that's like kind of his like where he goes his as far as toss right? up. What what do you, what do you think is a good baseline for your expectation on where like just first glance without spring ball without camp without all the the inherent knowledge that we're going to have going forward where do you think is a good place to eye it here like as a, a record yeah um six and six yeah I think you can be EKU in Miami, Iowa State and Kansas. There's four. And then where do you get – where can you get two more? Win one on the road, and then you just have to win one of Oklahoma, Baylor, UCF. I think they beat the – like West Virginia could be an absolute train wreck by the time Right. There's, there's a lot going on there. Oklahoma State, there's a lot going on there. Like um, Oklahoma State's losing a shit ton of guys, aren't they? Yes, but there's just a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I'm just talking in terms of like roster and like what what will take the field against Cincinnati. Yes, they they're losing a lot, a lot, a yeah. lot. In, in, instability is uh, the 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 name of the game for Oklahoma State right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean. That's kind of, you know, BYU is always, regardless, you're going to be breaking a new quarterback, but that's always going to be a tough place to play. They always got older dudes. And it um, sucks having to go there, like, short week after Oklahoma. Right. That's not ideal. No. But, no, I think, like we said, I mean, getting – like I think they got a very, very favorable home schedule. Like outside of Oklahoma, I'm not saying they will or they even should, but Iowa State, Baylor, UCF, Kansas are are all winnable home games. Yeah, you don't look at any of them and think like, oh boy. No. Um, I don't know. What else you got? Got anything else? Uh, spring, spring game announcement. April 15th. Spring practice is usually a five week deal. Three practices over five weeks. Start practices a week. March 6th. Is that right? Monday, March something like 6th. that, yeah, something like that. So it's usually six. Well, I don't know, maybe the week before that. No, that would make sense because that would be March sixth is six weeks. So you'd have the one week off for spring break. Spring break, okay. Yeah, so there's your five weeks ending on the fifteenth. Okay. Luke also liked to do some. I mean, and I've never. I don't. I don't know that anybody else does this. I don't know if it's just a Luke thing or what. That thing where he would have it end 
and then they'd have the spring game, and then they'd have like two practices afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I another thing, I mean, Natalie kind of made me think of this. Now, I, I'm assuming because we did not see a thing about it, like where we had the flex stuff with the AAC schedule. Yeah. That they've got seven Saturday home games. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, maybe fr- maybe Black Friday, maybe not situation. No Thursdays, no Fridays. Like, get ready for some nooners. There's going to be some nooners. But, I mean, I will take one Friday game and seven games at Nippert on a Saturday. Oh, Every sure. day of the week. By, by week, kind of like, what, week five, week six in that range. Not exactly the middle, but not wildly at the front or the back. Right. Um, you have the bye week after... You go to BYU, which is nice. Um, so your longest road trip of the year, you're not coming back to then play a game the next week. Any guesses on Nip at Night? That's that's hard to say. UCF at night in November would be fun. Yeah. It's just hard to say based on not having a damn clue about what the re- what the whole schedule nationwide yeah. looks like. Right. And it depends like it depends on a lot of it depends on how these teams are doing. Sure. You know. You're not probably going to get many night games if you're not playing well or your opponent isn't playing well. Very true. Got anything else on the football side of things, Dave? I uh, need to have some Sunday supper with with our new strength coach. He dropped a he dropped a capiche in <laughs> in the Wired Wednesday, so you know he's he's one of us. Uh, and other than that, uh, you know, hopefully we can get some start getting some football guests. We, you know, we've had some ideas on who we'd like to talk to, so we'll see if if we can start getting those once February. Now that we're into February, we're in a dead period. They're they're focused on team. Uh, they're here, so we shall we shall see how that goes. Uh, I I do have a guest for next week. Oh, we already do. Wow, look at you working so hard behind the scenes. He, he has an office on the eighth floor. It's the big office. So, okay. We will once again be joined by John Cunningham. All right. Next Wednesday night. The basketball team plays on Tuesday next week, Dave. So the, uh, the Wednesday night show will be back oh, on. Hold on. I have to. I might have a problem. You're busy next Wednesday at eight o'clock. Well, I have they moved fan council to Wednesday night next week. So I might be coming right in the door and onto the computer. We shall see. Okay. That's fine. I can handle it for a couple minutes if you're you're still arriving at the house. Yeah. That's okay. Um 
<clears throat> can UC request night games? I, sure. Are they going to listen? No. I mean, if the game's on ESPN Plus, they can make it whenever they want. But they're not. They're not going to make it a night game. Right. That is the. I'm not going to say least optimal time from a team and operation standpoint. But if if UC is on ESPN Plus, if UC could make the schedule, every game would be at three thirty. Yeah. It's just the most optimal by far. For getting people there, for running, you know getting staff for all of those things. Um, what, uh, let's revisit something for a second. What do you say to the UC fans that are now done with the quote unquote, done with Travis Kelsey? <laughs> Why? What did he say about UC? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. So what's there to be done with? They're just, they're Bengals fans that are in their feelings. I'm a Bengals fan. I, I just want to remind people this. Where did Travis Kelsey grow up? Cleveland. Well, I just want to remind people this. The Bengals have been some of the biggest shit talkers yeah. all season. And I'm 100% cool with it. Right. But when you lose, guess what? And Travis didn't say anything about the Bengals. He didn't say no. anything about a Bengal player. He didn't say anything about... He did say Cincinnati was a better city when Jerry Springer was mayor, which... What does that have to do with the Bengals? Nothing. I'm just saying that's a questionable statement, but... Well, yeah, I mean, he tried to buy sex with a check. <coughs> check bounced. Not a good look. If you're going to if you're gonna pay a prostitute with a check, don't bounce the check. That causes problems. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it was Travis being Travis. It was an emotional game. He's going to talk his shit. Like, of course, what you loved about Travis Kelsey is he talks his shit, right? Yeah. Don't like, be surprised when like, everybody was talking shit if, and you went there and you lost and he's got something to say. I mean, can we can we talk about like what the post-game locker room Eli Apple situation would have been like if they had won? Right. So like, right. no, I have no problem with it. Now, I don't want them to win because I don't want the team that kept the Bengals out of the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl, but that has nothing to do with anything that he said. Yeah. Our stupid mayor should have kept – he's not my mayor. I don't live in the city. But, like, just keep your damn mouth shut, dude. Know your role. Shut your mouth. Mayors make fun bets with everybody all the time. Like, my team wins. You, you got to send me – Whatever, some Kansas City barbecue. And if your team wins, we'll send you Skyline and Grippos. Like, but you don't say dumb stuff like he said. Right. We're giving a paternity test to see if Joe Burrow's Pat Mahomes' father. Come on, <laughs> man. Just shut up. Like, you're not clever. It's not funny. Nobody found it funny. There's nothing worse than somebody that's not funny that thinks they're funny. It's just, it's not the, it's not the place like, you know, whatever, but no, I don't have any problem with anything Travis said. Are you ready for two weeks of Bearcat love? It's already started. Like the, the pictures have already started swirling around new heights well, about I mean, halfway through part of the NFL script. So yeah, they yeah. had all that stuff ready. I can't believe people ran with that. Like it was real. You can't you see it. 
Did you see it? What like, the, Arian, it, the Arian yeah, Foster PFT yeah, interview? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not an interview. They do a podcast together. Well, but week. that particular one. Yeah. 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 And people are like, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, you get the script before the season. Oh, no, I'm going to blow my knee out week six. <laughs> Aaron Foster. Oh, no, I'm going to be really good. And then all of a sudden this year, I'm like going to be the worst, like the worst player in the NFL. Damn. Week 17 injury. What was our record? <laughs> Four and 12. Yes. I'm off to Cancun two weeks early. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh shit! It, just relax, people. Like it's Travis being Travis. He's having some fun. But I, I, I did love could, though on their podcast. I guess I don't, is it weekly? Like weekly every Wednesday. When when Jason asked him, like, can you even name three things a mayor does? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, get votes. Get votes. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Jason's the like to me. Jason's the the funny one. Yes, because well, it depends on your sense of humor. Because he's like giving Travis shit about his comments about the mayor when he knows Travis has no idea like what what a mayor actually does. Yes, like, like Jason is very witty. Like you have to be smart to keep up with Jason's humor. Yeah. Travis is very gronk, like, Slapstick. you know, he's still 12. Yeah. He's still very much a 12-year-old. He's cutting WWE promos on the on the stage for the AFC Championship. Right. right. And getting love from The Rock, which is why you do that, right? Like, The Rock has already responded back and forth with him a couple no, times. Ra- so. Rachel, Rachel just sent me a text that said, and I'm, I don't know if she's listening or if I'm just talking that loud. That I'm stealing everything I send that she sends me about the New Heights podcast. This is <laughs> this is her saying this, not me. So she listens and you really don't. She she don't like she sends me clips. I I don't I don't listen that often. And she sends me like Instagram clips from the show. Yeah, it's it, it is a great podcast. It it's really so good. We talk, you know, we, I know I've beat that into the ground, but it's, it's maybe they'll maybe they'll have us on sometime. I don't think we're. Uh, <laughs> you don't think we're going to pull in the audience? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll check next time they're in town. I do text with Jason occasionally, but I'll check next time they're in town. I'm guessing it's going to be a no. No. They're talking about getting Tom Brady on, and <laughs> we're more exciting I, than him. He's boring. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, man. I don't, I don't have a whole lot else at this point really to hit on. I'm ready for for some football practice. I'm too. But we're a month out. We're a month yeah. out from football practices. Are you Are you going to schedule some days off and come hang out with me, or I don't know. We'll see. Are you going to be a weekends guy? Dave will be here on Saturdays. (laughs) That that for sure. Okay. It will be fun. It will be fun. And we'll start. uh, We'll we'll kick it off with Cunningham uh, next week. 
And then uh, I'm hoping Satterfield and Brown and Manning will all be joining us uh, over the next month or so. We'd like to do a uh, Zach Grant, Jack Griffith one as well. Yes. I, I, we'll see if it comes to fruition, but that's compliance a, does not like that idea. But why is that? It's because it's easy to slip and say something that ends up being a, something they have to report. Oh, we were. Even if you know, I mean, about players or anything like that. I know, but it's easy for just the conversation, like something to slip out that you don't really think of that is a violation. Like, I, they just get nervous about recruiting guys coming on. Whatever. They're not recruiting. They're G- a GM. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but we, we, are, we are stacking things to uh, have a very strong February here on the, the BCJ pod. And then maybe I'll hit up Brady and see if he can get me Nico for uh, the BBP at some point here soon. Are you are you gonna jump on the BBP if Nico's there? They're talking about some Sunday sauce and possibly, possibly. Okay, to, okay. Have to find out if uh, is he gonna carry on the squat fest tradition? Does he have his own? His I'm sure own he's got something. Thing? In can we can we go get some some sandwiches or some some pasta sometime? You might have to take him to like you know. Help introduce them to the good the good spots in Cincinnati, which not a lot of great Italian in this town. There's there's not. The best one, my favorite, closed down a couple years ago. Yeah, it's not a lot of great Italian in this town, unfortunately. I've been I I want to find somewhere with the with a with a real quality carbonara. Pepin Dolores is good. No 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 free no free ads, but uh they don't have a carbonara though, do they? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying in general. The rest yeah, I like I like Pepin Dolores. I've I've had a couple very good experiences there. I'm just looking like I want like I want a carbonara with some some wanchali. Like yeah. not the you know, not I don't want cut up bacon in my carbonara. I'll do it. <laughs> I some pain I made something I made something new tonight, Dave. I made uh beef and broccoli tonight. I got a walk. So the, the Chinese food, I just I just got a walk. So the Chinese food is Can, coming. Do you have a gas stove? No, I've got an electric. Well, how the hell are you going to get it hot enough? It gets hot enough. Does it really? That's what I've I always know. wondered. Like, can you get it hot enough at a home? So I've got one of those that's got the kitchen. double rings. The double rings. Yeah. Where, like, it heats up on the inside and all the way out to, like, the, the, the far reaches. Yeah. And it gets... It, it doesn't get as hot as a gas. I'm not, right. I'm not claiming that it does. I don't even know if it, I mean, I've always just thought, like, you just can't, I mean. Even a gas at home doesn't right, get but it. but you don't have the ventilation system, you don't, you know, right. to really, like, crank, crank the heat and really do yeah. it the right way. But I'm going to, I'm going to play with the, the walk. So I'm here once Kelly gets home. Calf Race yeah. Fest 2023. We have our, we have our big, uh. Birthday dinner at uh, Carlo and Johnny Saturday nice. night. But 
I, I saw a recipe on TikTok today, Dave. For? So you take a rotisserie chicken, shred it up. Okay, shred it up. You melt a stick of butter in a casserole dish. You put the chicken on top of that. You get some just like mixed vegetables. A can of uh, cream of chicken and a can of chicken stock. What does this have to do with a walk? Nothing. I'm talking talking about my dinner tonight. Oh, okay. And then you get a can of chicken stock and a can of chicken broth. You mix it up. You pour that on top. And then you take the uh, uh, Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuit Mix. Okay. And you put that on top of it. Like As you like the, your the, crack, instead of your like crushed up instead crackers. Instead of a pie or, or instead of a pie crust. It's basically like a, like a so pot pie. Is this pie. like a pot pie without a bottom crust? Yes. And with Cheddar Bay Biscuits on the top. It was... It's very good. Sounds good. It was very good. Cooked it at like 425 for like 20 minutes. Once the once the weather gets warmer, we need to do some like uh we need to do some more meetups and just go and tell people we're gonna be at this place having some some sodas and some wings or whatever and just I if you want to show up, show up and we'll, we'll talk some ball and you know if you get enough pops in us, maybe we'll tell you some stories. You know what, Steven? I just realized I've got a high-powered side car on my uh, pellet grill that would get the walk where it needs to be. And I would be outside so you wouldn't have to worry about the smoke. And I'd like, I can, I'm using the walk on the, on the side burner outside on the grill. That's a, that's fantastic. Good work, Steven. So sometimes you just got to talk through things. Once you talk through things, you get to where you're looking to go. All right, Dave, I'm, I'm out of things to say. We're not gonna we're not gonna push the envelope tonight and just talk to talk. Oh, I appreciate that as always. We will see you next week. It will be Wednesday night. We will have special guest John Cunningham. We'll talk the TQL sponsorship. We'll talk Big Twelve. We'll talk new football coach. We'll talk the direction of uh, the athletic department. We'll talk the indoor practice facility and when that starts. We'll have a lot to talk about. So join us next week. No two-hour combo tonight. Look, we only we talk until we don't have much to talk about. Then we stop talking. That's how this works. Sometimes we got shit ton to talk about. Tonight we talked about what we had to talk about. Oh, someone, someone's making their first appearance. Wow! I know. Pickle, where have you been, Pickle? I don't know. You gonna say hi? Nope. No. I I think the staring contest the past couple weeks has impacted her. She's been intimidated. She doesn't want that smoke. Nope. I know. I know. GMAC. I'm kidding too. You can't. You can't handle it. I mean, that's what happens. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry to have messed up your cat's <laughs> star turn. I think maybe our early start possibly yeah. threw her off. She was like, "What? What is? What is this?" <laughs> Seven thirty. What the hell? All right. We will see you next week, John Cunningham. 
uh, the special guest. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Appreciate it. As always, he's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Get to the Holy Grail. Support our sponsors. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.